0: On his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. That didn't work. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them, so he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. I don't hear hesitation here at all. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. Philistines were not, by their nature, really good neighbors. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Now, does that mean Goliath counted one st- one staff as several sticks? I, I don't know. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods, by the Philistine's gods. Now, there's... There are some curses there that weren't of any particular value in this situation. I don't, I don't think David was flappable here. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, now they're talking at a distance here yet. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Our today's scripture doesn't go to that territory. But let me continue. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the hands to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Excuse me. I've been breathing on these things and they're starting to dim. (laughs) There is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle. What can you learn while you're tending sheep? That there are foes to sheep. You need some armor or some uh, complement of, of weaponry to, to uh, come against that. I think David knew something about physics. Physics putting some energy into heading toward the battle at a high rate of speed. And now a stone has got a little bit of start already. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he put it, slung it, and struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. It doesn't say anything about the shepherd, the the bearer of the uh, shield, but I'm thinking he was long gone by then, and probably the shield had been left behind. Thank you. I'm looking forward to your sermon.
1: Well, we all have a problem with Goliaths at At times, don't we? There are giants we have to face in our lives. They still roam our world. And they all have different names. Um, Some of those giants are personal, as in I must confront a giant that you don't have to deal with. Sometimes we have those kinds of issues in our lives. And we call them by different names like debt or divorce or diagnosis or depression. Other giants roar out a challenge that we all have to face like disease, disaster, supersized challenges that swagger and strut and pilfer sleep and embezzle peace and liposuction joy. But they can't dominate you. You know how to deal with them. You face giants by facing God first. And I think about um, a family in our church that's facing a giant right now. I know I know many of you have heard that Leah McBee passed unexpectedly this week. And at this point, we're planning on a m- memorial service for her, On Sunday afternoon, the 29th, it's going to be a full day. We'll have morning worship service. Again, if we're still able to do these things, we'll have morning worship service. We'll have the memorial service in the afternoon and then the hanging of the greens in the evening. And the great thing about this church is how supportive we are of one another. And I know um, even though we can't be there in person, that they're being lifted up in prayer, and I know how much they appreciate that. Well, you focus on giants, and you stumble. Focus on God, and your giants tumble. By the way, um, the basis of this, and I think I put something about that on your outline, is a... um, devotional I shared in board meeting a couple of months ago written by Max Lucado. So this is a blend of Max Lucado and Sid Seaver and God's inspiration, all right? Well, you know what David knew and you do what David did. You pick up five stones and you make five decisions. Ever wonder why David took five stones into battle? Why not two or twenty or well, re- re-reading this story, as um, re- Gail reread a part of it. it, actually it's much lengthier than that, but re-reading this story reveals five answers. Let's look at what those five stones represent. First of all is the stone of the past. The stone of the past. Goliath jogged David's memory. The Valley of Elah, where they met, was a deja vu for David. While everyone else quivered, David remembered God had given him strength to wrestle a lion and strong arm a bear. Wouldn't he do the same with a giant? A good memory makes heroes. First Chronicles 16.12 Remember the wonders He, God, has done. His miracles and the judgments He pronounced. Psalm seventy seven, eleven. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. Psalm one hundred three, verse two Praise the Lord and forget not all his benefits. Catalog God's successes in your life. Keep a list of his world records. Has he not walked with you through high waters? Proven to be faithful? Have you not known his provision? How many nights have you gone to bed hungry? Mornings awakened in the cold. He has made roadkill out of your enemies. Write today's worries in sand. Chisel yesterday's victories in stone. In Philippians 4, 6, we are told to bring our prayers and petitions to God with thanksgiving. Why? Because to give thanks, you have to look back and remember how God has come through in the past. How He has provided, protected, and the many other ways, He has blessed you. Psalm 145, verses 1 through 7, tell us how to do that. The psalmist writes, I will exalt You, my God, the King. I will praise Your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise You and extol Your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends Your works to another. They tell of Your mighty acts. That's remembering, isn't it? They speak of the glorious splendor of Your majesty. And I will meditate on Your wonderful works They tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. When you face a giant, pick up the stone of the past. Then select the stone of prayer. Before going high, David went low. Before ascending to fight, David descended to prepare. Don't face your giant without first doing the same. Dedicate time to prayer. Paul the Apostle wrote, and this is Ephesians 6.18 from the message, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Prayer spawned David's successes. His, remember the story of the brook Bezor? I don't know if you remember that. David and his 600 men had actually gone over to the Philistines. He decided that's what he had to do to escape King Saul. And he now was serving Achish, a Philistine king. Well, at one point, the armies of the Philistines go out against the armies of Israel and David and his men are going, out, going to go out with the Philistines. But the other rulers of the Philistines said, wait a minute. What if this guy changes loyalties in the middle of the battle and turns against us? There's no way we're letting David and his men go out with this. And so King Achish sends David and his men home to Ziklag, a town that he had given David. And when they get back, they find out the Amalekites have come and raided the town and taken off all of the you know, stuff that they carry off along with their wives and their children. And it says the men grieved. They broke down and they wept and they were ready to stone David. And the decision was made after David prayed to God. And the and the Scripture tells that he strengthened himself in his Lord God through prayer. God said, "Chase after them. I'm going to give you them into your hands." And they do, but they come to a place called the Brook Besor. And at that point, the Scripture tells us that 200 of David's men were too exhausted to go on. And David told them, "Stay Rest. We'll chase them down." They did. And the God gave the Amalekites into their hands. They got everything back, including all their wives and children. And when they came back to the men at the brook, David shared the booty with all of them, not only those who had rested, but all those who had gone into battle with him. God gave him the wisdom to do so because he said, we are all in this together. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That's what got him through that situation. And then so Saul's soldiers tried to capture and David turned toward God. Psalm 59, 16, You have been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. You know, there's a story in um, 2 Kings chapter 19 and Isaiah chapter 37. It talks about King Hezekiah. And at this point, the nation of Judah is facing the giant that was the Assyrian army. The Assyrian army have been knocking over kingdoms like so many bowling pins. And now they're at Jerusalem's front door. And King Sennacherib sends a letter to King Hezekiah that basically said this, Resistance is people. I've conquered every nation I've warred against. Defeat is inevitable, and your God can't help you, so just give up. And the scripture tells us what King Hezekiah did. And here's where we pick up the story Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. Look here, God. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord. Lord, the God of Israel enthroned between the cherubim, You alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to the words of Sennacherib that Sennacherib has sent to ridicule the living God. Uh Uh-oh. That's exactly what the problem David had with the giant, wasn't it? He was ridiculing God. Listen. To the words Sennacherib has sent to ridicule the living God. It is true, Lord, that these have laid waste these nations in their land. right? We've ruled over everybody so far. We have thrown your gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only stone. There's the problem, huh? Fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord our God, deliver us from his hands so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, Lord, are God. You alone are God. And here's what happened. in in response to that prayer. The scripture tells us, that night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 people. And the people got up the next there were all the dead bodies. So Sinatra, the Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and withdrew. He returned to Nineveh to the Israelites. Folks, it is through prayer that the battle he is able to defeat any giant. Invite God's help. Pick up. Don't neglect the stone of priority. Let this be a reminder of what should be your highest priority God's reputation. That's what Hezekiah pointed to. That's what David talked about. David jealously guarded the reputation of God. No one was going to defame his Lord. David fought so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's. David saw Goliath as a chance for God to show off. Did David know he would exit the battle alive? No. But he was willing to give his life the reputation of God. What if you saw your giant or giant in the same manner? Rather than begrudge him, welcome him. Your cancer is God's chance to flex his healing muscle. Your sin is God's opportunity to showcase. Your struggling marriage can billboard God's power. See your struggle as God's canvas. On it, you will paint his multicolored no supremacy. But this is also a matter of giving credit where credit is due. Psalm 29.2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. So what do we say when giants fall? Do we ascribe glory to God? Or do we say, Lady Luck was sure with me that time. Or I stayed positive and it all worked out. Or I guess I'm stronger than I thought. One of the things that strike me, it strikes me is how people react to the good and bad things in their lives. And when good things happen, there is a tendency to chalk it up to luck or good fortune or the universe was smiling on me or something like that. And when things When bad things happen, then the blame goes on God. Right? Well, the good things are because I'm just that good. The bad things are God's fault. The blame goes on God. Oh God, why me? How could a loving God allow something like this to happen? As if we deserved better. And even when those bad situations work out in a favorable way, the tendency is to say then... Well, I guess I was able to worm my worm my way out of that one. As if we're good enough or smart enough or talented enough to fix the problems ourselves with no recognition given. Uh, are you jealous for the name of God? Is his reputation, priority enough that you will defend it? Announce God's name, and then reach for the throne of passion. Interesting, and Pam pointed this out this morning, and and Dale made mention of it too. David ran not away from, but toward the giant. On one side of the battlefield, Saul and his cowardly army go. On the other, Goliath and his smoke in his stock. In the middle, the shepherd boy ran on his way. Who bet on David? Who put money on the troops from Bethlehem? Not the Philistines. Not the Hebrews. Not David's siblings. Or even David's king. But God did. And since God did... And since David knew God did, the skinny Run became a of pumping knees and curling slings. He ran toward the di- giant. Do the same. It reminds me of those advertisements on TV for the Marine Corps where it shows them running toward the sound of battle. Think about the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. Every piece of armor mentioned there is is intended to protect the front. There's nothing to protect the back. We are supposed to face the enemy. We're supposed to face the giants and take them head on. The scripture tells us that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Folks, gates are a defensive structure. Gates don't bring the battle to you. You take the battle to the gate. When you have a passion for Jesus and the advancement of the kingdom, you charge the gates of hell and run towards giants, not away from them. The same David who defeated Goliath would later write in Psalms 18.29, With your help, With your help, God, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. Remember to take up the stone of passion. One more stone the stone of persistence. David didn't think that one rock would do, he knew Goliath had four behemoth relatives. For all David knew, they'd come running over the hill to defend their kin. David was ready to empty the chamber if that's what it took. Imitate him. Never give up. One prayer may not be enough. One apology might not do it. One day or month of resolve might not suffice. You may get knocked down a time or two, but don't quit. Keep loading the rocks. Keep swinging the sling. From our own history as a denomination, Nazarene pioneer missionary Harman Schmelzenbach arrived in Africa to to begin his work among the Zulu tribe in Swaziland on June 18, 1907. He worked tirelessly for years but did not see his first convert until the summer of 1913. A brief biography of Harmon's Harmon's life written by a student really at Southern Nazarene University as a class assignment sums up his life this way. The demands on Schmelzenbach continued throughout the years. He also had to face the loss of some of his children and deal with his own declining health. The people that he loved prayed for him. He would get well and continue on with his work. Though his overall health decreased with the passing of the years, his drive and desire to save the people of Viswatini increased. In all the years, he never gave up. He continued to go wherever people would listen. His dream for Africa was larger and greater than he could ever have accomplished in his life. The great hope he had for his adopted people led him to pave the way for many fields in Africa and for the missionaries who followed in his footsteps. On May 22, 1929, Hartman Schmelzenbaugh died with his adopted people. Persistence. That's a story of persistence. I think Galatians 6.9 sums it up well. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. That's a call to persistence. So when David faced Goliath, and when we face our giants, we take up five stones. David made five decisions. We need to do likewise. Past, prayer, Priority, passion, and persistence. And next time a giant shows up and roars out a challenge, reach for a stone. Odds are, he'll be gone before you can load your sling. Let's pray. Father, what, what, a, what a great story this is, and I'm so glad that you included it in the Scriptures Here's this kid who had a faith in God that none of the adults in Saul's army had. And he picked up those five stones and went out to face his Goliath, the giant that stood before him in his life at that moment. And Lord God, we have giants too. They may not come in the form of a guy that's nine feet tall and built like the Hulk, but they're giants nevertheless. And when we face them like David, we need to take up five stones. The stone of the past where we remember, Lord God, what You have done in our lives already. The stone of prayer, we come to You, we seek Your face as we face this giant. The stone of priority, Lord God, when we understand that in this, We need your reputation to be priority in our lives. We do not want the name of God to be defamed. We need to pick up the stone of passion that means instead of running away from that giant, we run toward it. It's an opportunity, Lord God, to see you do amazing things. And then the stone of persistence, we stay at it. We don't give up. We continue to serve, we continue to give, we continue to pray, we continue to read. We continue, Lord God, to put our faith in You. And so when those giants in our lives roar out their challenges, may we pick up those five stones that can help us experience the victory that only You, Lord God, can give. Thank You for the way You work in our lives in our church, and in our world right now. And we're trusting, Father, for victory over the giants we face and for better days ahead, and that through that you will receive the glory and honor and praise that you, Lord God, alone are due. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.